0: good evening and welcome you are tuned into a special edition of the paranormal 60 minutes news segment right it's a brand new surprise for all of you this is the paranormal news and i am your lead anchor dave schrader i'd like to introduce you to my crack team i have some of the best correspondents spread across the globe joining us first ladies and gentlemen from the great state of texas the paranormal detective himself greg lawson hello greg how are you hello dave glad to be here great to have you thank you so much also joining us the colonel, ladies and gentlemen, from the great state of Texas, Martin Valles.
1: Dave, how's it going? Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. And as I said, my correspondence are spread far and wide, ladies and gentlemen, from the great state of Texas, Eric Folsom. Dave, uh, thanks for having me. I've learned that I need to make more friends and ones that just don't live in the great state of Texas, but I'm glad you guys are all here with us for this inaugural view of the news. And we've got some interesting stuff that's been popping this week in the news. Uh, So I want to thank everybody for joining us and being a part of it. Uh, Each one of us will be bringing you different stories from around the world. We also have some interesting elements to these stories, and I'm going to have the team also weigh in on some of the paranormal uh, footage and things that have made their way into the world this last week, Um, things that won't necessarily be part of the newscast, but evidence and other things that have popped up. First off, I want to start with an interesting story that broke, gentlemen, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but earlier this week, uh, a UFO is, is supposedly believed to have swooped in to help save Ukrainian troops from approaching Russian tanks in what's being called a miracle lightning attack, according to a correspondent. And even more bizarrely, the mystery strike from the sky was supposedly an act of God as the families of Ukrainian forces prayed for help. CBN news, Ukraine director Konstantin Litinvenko made the claim speaking on the channels, the global news lane. And we actually have, that footage there's some miracle happened it looked like some spaceship like there was like an attack from the spaceship there was some kind of a lightnings was starting shooting from the sky
1: and and like sparks were going were like spreading everywhere and then they on the
0: morning they discovered that the whole the whole machinery was destroyed so they like all of those soldiers they they thought maybe it was done by some kind of a weapon that we didn't know about, or it was just God's intervention. So God's intervention is being um, heralded for this account. And looking at this, I guess what had happened, according to the article I have, is that in the dark of night, um, a, a gentleman that was participating in this military strike from the Ukraine, actually contacted his father and said, uh, listen, we're we're holding our positions. Uh, We've discovered a lot of Russian Federation tanks and machines are coming our way. We need your help. We need prayers. We are in a dire situation. And his father actually called other members of their church. And this is when the miracle happened. It looked like um, what they believe was a spaceship, some kind of craft they did not recognize. Lightning began to come down and just devastation was left in its wake. Now, I don't want to be a place where, where people can come tune in to hear the kind of news that you can hear everywhere else, but when there's a possibility of lightning strike or God's presence shutting down, um, you know, an, an attack, this, this to me was really fascinating, and due to the fact we have a couple of gentlemen on our, our board here that are former military some craft appears, bolts of lightning come down from the sky and suddenly things are rendered destroyed. Is this anything either one of you are familiar with?
1: I mean, other than, uh, another, uh, another aircraft coming down on it, but you know, some of the, some of the people that are, are there are pretty familiar with the type of aircraft that Russia is bringing about into their country. So the fact that this individual was a little uh, uh, unnerved by what he saw is kind of surprising, because they are, unfortunately, that country is pretty familiar with uh, Russian hardware, uh, especially aircraft.
0: You know that brings up an interesting point. Uh, earlier during this debacle, um, they actually called upon Elon Musk to use his Starlink feature so that they could keep in touch and get internet. He he did that. He sent up his Starlink, moved them over Ukraine so that they could actually access this. Now, I've also noticed in the news that Elon Musk keeps kind of taking jabs at the Russian space agency. And Russia's like, hey, we're not going to supply any more of the powerful rockets that you need to keep the ISIS uh, ship uh, afloat up there. And you're going to have to figure something else out, you know. And uh, Elon Musk said, don't worry, we're on the way. So Elon Musk's plan, guys, is to kind of surround and create this constellation around our planet. 42,000, I believe, is, is how many of these satellites he's going to put up. Networking. Greg, theoretically, I mean, could we end up seeing some kind of mass weapon being created, created that can have that an, effect an effect like this? Like this. Yeah,
2: absolutely. When you have coverage like that, um, there, there's no telling what they can do, especially with communications. When when I was in the Navy, I was an operations specialist and people look at radar like it's some sort of passive thing and we, we sit and listen or we sit and watch. And we figure out where contacts are. Well, you can reverse the radar frequency also. So we have a thing called burn through and chirp through. So uh, if if we're looking at a particular contact in the air and uh, we figure out what frequency it is doing, we'll burn it through or chirp it through uh, and we will send a burst of uh, EMF. Uh, uh, electromagnetic frequency toward that. And it'll cause an onboard fire within their electrical system. So, you know, uh, can they do that from space? I don't know, but, uh, um, you know, he, he is certainly, uh, setting up something pretty amazing for uh, worldwide communications.
0: Here's what I find fascinating about this as well. Somebody has got their speaker a little too loud. There we go. Dumb it down for us. Um, what I find interesting about this is many of the UFO experiencers and abductees have said that the, the aliens are watching our planet. They've buzzed our nuclear facilities in the past, shutting them down, that they have that kind of ability. And now here we are engaged in a war. Things are getting pretty dicey and some kind of unknown craft appears in the sky and beams down light that's taking out. Now, again, I don't know if this is uh, propaganda. I don't know what's going on, but the effect that they're they're, you know, blaming it on a on a UAP, unidentified aerial craft and phenomena. I, I feel like this is something we're going to have to keep an eye on. But I don't know if you guys are aware of this. This isn't the first time that something magical has occurred in regards to the war. Um, have you gentlemen heard of the cone of power? No. No. Okay. All right. This this is fascinating, and it goes back quite a bit in history. I've got a, an interesting image to pop up as we talk about it. In the summer of 1940, just weeks after this narrow escape by the British armies at Dunkirk and the United Kingdom was braced for this onslaught of a threatened German invasion, one of the nation's south coast, one of the many areas that were in danger of invasion from seas, towns, and villages, they were actually transforming it with sandbags, barricades, barbed wire, to uh, just try to stave off these attacks, keep their people safe. Well, in the town of Highcliff-on-Sea, the story goes that a secretive group of witches and spiritual seekers resolved to do what they could to help defend their country. It's said that they actually arranged to meet in an ancient forest before midnight on the evening of August 1st, 1940 the Eve of Lamas Day, a harvest festival and one of the greater sabbats of the neo-pagan religion known as Wicca. Therefore, they all had to have this kind of staged magical assault and they were aiming specifically for the mind of Adolf Hitler back in Berlin and by means of a ritual that became known by the mock military codename Operation Cone of Power. And according to the story, witches did cast spells to stop Hitler landing after France fell. According to Gerald Gardner, who actually wrote Witchcraft Today, they met, raised the great cone of power, and directed the thought at Hitler's brain. You cannot cross the sea just as their great-grandfathers had done to the Bonnie, and their remoter forefathers had done to the Spanish Armada, believing that the witches had done this at least two to three other times that have been documented in history, calling upon the cone of power. Now, he says, I'm not saying that they stopped Hitler, Gardner added. All I can say is that I saw a very interesting ceremony performed with the intention of putting a certain idea into his mind. And though all the invasion barges were ready, The fact is, Hitler never even tried to come. And Gardner wrote about Operation uh, Cone of Power in two of his books about witchcraft back in the 1950s. Hutton says it's not possible to know if this cone of power actually took place the way that Gardner described it. But he does note that Gardner's account of Operation Cone of Power at least provided an opportunity to show Gardner's patriotism as he was writing about the rituals in 1950. And according to Gerald Gardner, the retired British civil servant who founded modern Wicca, the magical assault was based on secret knowledge passed down through generations of these English witches. And in his 1954 book, Witchcraft Today, Gardner wrote that invasions had been turned back by magic Twice before in English history, the first back in 1588, when the Spanish Armada became discouraged after being scattered by these storms that blew up out of nowhere, lightning storms, just like we are hearing about in the Ukraine. And then again, in 1805, when Napoleon called off his planned invasion against uh, England. So the cone of power for people that don't know is an interesting deal. They would get these witches would come together in, in an area they'd build a fire. In most cases they would be naked. They would run towards the fire itself, setting this intention and then they would back up and they would continue this dance and ritual until literally they fell down, believing they had expelled all that energy. And it would create this, this this, uh, cone funnel that then they would direct to wherever they were going to point it. And, I know it sounds bizarre, but you know, obviously the American government has looked into psyops for many years. So this isn't so much out of the realm of believability when you consider the account itself and just how bizarre this really is. But that was, I thought, a a fascinating aspect to all of these stories and and hearing that, um, you know, that there was even a mock kind of code name by the government regarding this means somebody was taking it seriously.
3: But Dave, was that an actual photograph from
0: the? Uh, no, I just I I found a photograph of of a witch's circle, and I was just trying to portray kind of the look of what they would have been doing during that their, during that ceremony.
2: I think we could probably do the cone of power down in Texas, and maybe uh you know get some sort of vortex going on, and get you and Winnie just like moving down here, and yeah, try to pull us. you can just see. Me and Eric and, and Marty running toward the fire and back it up and running toward
1: the fire. <laughs>
0: Although last time I sent one of our contingent to your state, it froze over. So yeah. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> Talk that's about true. magic. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about witchcraft, uh, Eric sent me a story earlier this week that, that's pretty interesting. We were talking about reincarnation and spontaneous past life memories a few weeks ago on the Paranormal 60. And this story was brought out by um, Cult of Doom. This That's her... Uh, TikTok name but this this is a fascinating little uh, story. So I decided to refilm this to better explain. Um, my daughter has what I would call the Peppa Pig British accent. As you can tell I am not British unfortunately um, and my husband is actually from Japan uh, but my daughter speaks in a fully British accent. She speaks in a British accent at all times and so I thought I'd just attach some examples here. How
3: clever. Daddy, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, we I oh,
0: Guys, I axed, uh, axed, I axed some experts on this <laughs> about what they made of that story, and this was their response.
1: We have found the witch. May we burn?
3: Burn!
1: She is a witch. She looks like one. Yeah, Bring her
0: forward. Good enough for me. As long as those guys weigh in, we got to burn the witch. But that's yeah, yeah. that's fascinating. You know, there have been stories of people that have uh, have suffered concussions or head wounds that then begin speaking in a British accent. And I wonder if that's what happened to Madonna could
1: could be it it happened just instantly
0: yeah as soon as she moved over it's crazy how that took place but that wasn't the only interesting story of reincarnation that came out this week here's another TikTok mom who goes by the name kelsey what else
3: did my two-year-old just remember how he died in a former life my child has always been obsessed with maps ever since he was a baby like his bedroom is map themed we were riding the car and he said i used to be an adult just kind of out of nowhere we're like okay but then i sunk and i became a kid He said, when I used to be an adult, I had a map and I was traveling through the sand to find water. But when I found water, I sunk and then I became a kid again. Since then, he's been talking about things that happened to him when he was an adult that have never happened to him in his life. Is this like a former life or an overactive imagination? What do I do with this?
0: Fascinating. I did an interview years ago with James Leiniger and his family. They had written a book called Soul Survivor, S O U L, Soul Survivor. Their son, James Leiniger, was very little. He was having nightmares at night, little man going down, little man going down, fire in the cockpit. He'd be yelling these strange things. And as he got older, he started to relate these tales. Now, his father was a skeptic. The mom was buying all in. She's like, there's something crazy going on with this kid. And they start researching. He was a pilot in World War II. The father, again, not sure about this and testing these, went out and got some maps from the area that he claimed that he was in. And he rolls out these maps. The the kid looks at the maps and go, this is where I was shot down. Lo and behold, the Japanese government found a plane in that exact location. And I I can never remember the original uh, James's last name, but there was a James that fought for the American um, Air Force that was shot down in that spot. Uh, So he met with uh, James's actual sister and friends, and they all accepted this. Uh, As a matter of fact, she came out with a portrait of James that was done of him as a child. And he goes, where's the one that mother had done of you? And blew her away because they were the only two kids in the family that had had these paintings made. So he knew way too much. And once he went out there, the Japanese government actually invited him. He came out and they floated him over in the ship. He threw a wreath and sobbed for a little bit. And then his memories began to fade. So this sounds like a very similar situation where it comes to the, the possibilities of of our lives expanding and going far beyond just this one that we're a part of. I don't know. To me, it's fascinating, fascinating stuff. stuff.
2: No, uh, it, it, it's it's funny because, uh, um, you know, in in contemporary Western psychology, uh, if a child has these sorts of, um, um, experiences or, or is demonstrating these sorts of things, you know, oftentimes people will take him to a psychologist and they'll train him not to do that. Right. Right. Instead of how's it going to hurt, you know, instead of, you know, maybe, maybe not, not interrogating him, but at least allowing him to, or her to. Express themselves in that way, and I think that's what happens with a lot of our um, our mystical. Our if we have any powers, uh, we are self induced as far as suppressing them. A
0: yeah. good friend of ours, Bill Chapel, uh, who has made a lot of the equipment that you see featured on many of the ghost shows, tells a story that when he was a child. Um, he was at uh, preschool or kindergarten, and as they, you remember, we'd, you'd do schooling for a couple hours, you'd have a snack, you'd get to lay down, and the teacher was a very sweet teacher. She'd go around, and she'd kiss all the, the kids goodnight on the forehead, and then one time she leaned over Bill, he put his hands on the side of her face, and he said, you look just like my wife used to look, and hmm. she's like, what do you mean? He goes, well, in my last life, you look like my wife. And he got sent home with a note pinned to him (laughs) that he wasn't allowed to talk like that at school anymore and freaked everybody out. But he was specific about the kind of car he drove and everything. So to actually know somebody affected by this is pretty interesting.
1: What's interesting, though, also is that um, in that case that you just mentioned before, and also another case where uh, a a, uh, child thought they were a Hollywood Hollywood actor. Right. in both cases it's interesting that they're not claiming to be like Charles Lindbergh or
0: you know uh, 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 some famous Humphrey actor. Bogart right Right this guy, yeah the actor, this guy was a bit player
1: exact a very bit player i mean they actually had in this one hollywood scenario they only had like one picture of this actor that ever starred in a movie so that that's even more interesting in the fact that these kids aren't selecting folks that are that are famous they're they're just unknowns really mm-hmm. Well, speaking I of, I, I think oh, I might've been, I might've been the privy boy.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think I I think I've reincarnated from the privy boy.
0: Were you the boy that run over with the, with the empty with pail the for, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, anyway. well, speaking of not being too far removed from childhood, our next correspondent is about to report with us this week. Eric Folsom, you've got a couple of interesting stories that developed over the last week. Uh, where are we going to begin?
3: Let's start with the, uh, the killing stone in Japan day. How about we start there?
0: All right. Yeah. The killing stone. This, this is a weird tale.
3: Yeah. I, I was reading about this. Uh, a number of people have visited this stone, uh, both before it broke and after, but, uh, they claim it's a, a volcanic rock known as the killing stone. And the legend says it contains a demonic spirit and it will kill anyone who touch it. And it was found split in half. And you've got the photograph there. Um, According to the legends, to go back to as far as the, the 12th century from what I could tell, the killing stone houses an evil nine-tailed fox, a spirit named Tamamo No Mei. And it supposedly took the form of a courtesan who plotted to kill the emperor at the time between 1107 and 1123. Uh, that, that killing was thwarted uh, by a renowned warrior. And following the defeat of that attempted assassination, Her spirit was either trapped in this killing stone that we're looking at here or became a chunk of volcanic stone herself, uh, depending on what legend you you read. Um, But bottom line is anyone who touches it dies. Um, Did a little bit deeper digging. Saw a lot of folks on Twitter were commenting on this. and I I found a story um, that someone said actually that this rock had actually been broken apart centuries ago by a, a Buddhist monk who took the ashes and spread it all across Japan. So when you think about if that were the case, uh, if he broke it up and this, this was a stone that people touched and killed and he spread it across thousands of miles, how many other people has this actually touched over the centuries?
0: That's weird. Well, let's see. Uh, everybody got your apocalypse bingo card ready. We've got uh, pandemics. We've got murder hornets. We've got the, the beginnings of World War Three, and now... A rock holding a Japanese demon has split wide open.
3: One well, one more from bingo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. This is weird. And that's not all, guys. I don't know if you heard this horror story. Parachuting venomous large spiders have made their way to the United States. Parachuting well, spiders. Yeah, they're hitting the East Coast, and they're expected to spread like wildfire throughout the United States. These, and, and they are venomous. Supposedly, they don't really like to bite humans. That's only if they get cornered and, and have a problem or yo owe them money. But uh, other than that, they don't like to mess with, with humankind, but it's spiders, parachuting spiders. Now, has anybody caught
3: one yet? That's what I haven't been able to find out.
0: Yes, I guess they've seen them. They're, they're these brightly colored, just horrible looking creatures.
3: Horrible. Did you say they're the size of a basset hound? No. Oh.
2: no. I, thought ba- I thought you said basset hound. Never they would use pretty
0: large parachutes for that too, if that was yeah, the case. Definitely would. All right, uh, Eric, Japan has more stories to tell us, I believe, for this week. What are we going to talk about next? Uh, there's one about a uh, half mermaid, excuse me, half monkey, half fish mermaid. And There you go. There's a
3: photograph of it. So a team of Japanese scientists are examining this bizarre mermaid mummy that has baffled for centuries. So this is not a new find. It is just they are finally going to be able to use the technology available to us to start looking into this a little bit more. They believe the mummy is about 300 years old. And as you can see, it has the upper body of what appears to be a monkey, but the bottom half appears to be a fish. Some actually say it's a salmon. Um This was found in the Okayama Prefecture um, and has served as an object of worship for hundreds of years. Uh, Now researchers at the uh, Kurashiki University um, are are using the data available to them and the science available to them to analyze this mummy for the first time, hoping to cast a light on its origin. Um, From what they can tell, it's roughly about 12 inches long, and it was caught in a fishing net In the early 1700s somewhere around 1740 Uh, from what they can also tell it has been on public view for about the last 40 years now Mm -hmm. and it has uh, had thousands of people venture by it but they have not had the technology until recently to actually do some DNA testing on it so they do not have any information yet but they hope to have it uh, I believe in the coming months here to understand what this potentially is from what they can tell there's these these beings Uh, Go back as far as 800 years. Uh, Other documentation has described finding these types of creatures. This
0: is the only one known to exist at this time, though. It's got actual hair, nails, and teeth as a part of it as well. Uh, Almost human-like features in the face. Yeah. Now, it was, what, two weeks back, Greg and I were out in Savannah, Georgia, at the Grave Face Museum, which is a bizarre museum. Like, the bottom floor is, like... um, just a myriad of different displays. And you go into one of the rooms where the displays are, and they have a lot of these curiosities. And there were some artisans at the time in the early 1900s that would create the Fiji mermaid, which they did, in fact, stitch like a monkey torso to a fish body. And uh, they would present them around. But when they realized that some of these uh, guys were using actual hair, bone, teeth, and nails from human cadavers that they were digging up, they put a moratorium on him and in order to avoid prison time, he wasn't allowed to make these beings or these creatures anymore. So they're very highly sought after and collectible out there. But this, this is a freaky looking little, uh, little creature. And here's my thought. So you, you have the killing stone in Japan that breaks free, releasing a demonic force. And now we've got a potential vessel for this beast <laughs> to <laughs> enter. And, uh, I don't think anything good's going to come of this. Nothing I can think of that would be uh, a positive for us to deal with. No he, goodness. He needs
2: to moisturize. I know that. But I don't think going yeah. to be able
0: to ambulate too well. Well, let's be. see. Let's see how good you look at the age of thir- uh, three hundred years. Well, plus,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Greg, God, you're good so point. judgy. Um, listen, I wanted to talk to you guys about a cool news story uh, that was also that kind of surfaced. I, I don't even want to call it a news story, but it's a ghost encounter. In a few weeks, well, actually our very first episode of the Paranormal 60, um, we talked about this visitation of this thing, you know, cursed by the crone. Uh, Jason Gowan was telling the story of how he jokingly, you know, was dealing with this uh, figure uh, that, that the Newkirks had, and they were telling the story about the crone behind it and how it would go after children. And he, he was going to jokingly allude to the fact, well, they can come and get his son and all hell broke loose. Um, he had water coming down from the ceiling, but there were no broken pipes. He contacted the new Kirk's telling them strange phenomena. They were hearing thumping upstairs, all their animals, everybody home was downstairs and they told him to go check in his son's room. He actually went up there, looked and there's puddles. Luckily his son was gone at at his grandparents' house for the weekend, but there was a puddle of water. Jason turned around, uh, I guess a week later, his son woke up screaming when all the Alexa lights in the house started going on and off. He goes up there and finds uh, this this being in his room that he said, uh, the only way he could really describe it was it looked like something from the movie The Ring. And then this piece of video came out earlier this week.
1: Okay, so am I tripping or...
3: Okay, so the noise... Is my turtle. And I'm home alone, right?
1: But. The reflection shows.
3: Like that's me.
0: Hmm. What the flip? First of all, if I see reflected in the TV, the ring girl sitting next to me, you guys will be haunting or hunting for my spirit as well. So here's my only theory. And I know Greg, you're big into cameras and such when she, she shows it's interesting. Here's one side. You hear the water trickling. That's my, my turtle tank. She brings the camera over, shows the couch, shows that she's in an empty room. She brings the camera back to her, um, and then hits the flip button. Now, I don't know. Could she have paused it? then restarted the recording and had a friend sitting next door to make that reflection. Either way, that is a creepy flipping piece of video.
2: Yeah. And these particular things you have to give that, that person the benefit of the doubt. If they're really saying that that's what happened um, you you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, what, what in the world? And uh, without the actual video, we really can't prove or disprove what it is. So. Very
0: Is calm. there a way to see if, if videos are uh, clipped together, like Dave was mentioning? Yeah, actually, yeah. if you get the but you have to get the original videos, and you have then to you get have the original. original. Like, Can't can,
2: well, even in some, um, like if you make a copy and save it or something like that. Some of those, uh, if you have the, the the right programs to look at it, uh, you'll be able to figure that out. But for the most part, if it's not the original, it's really hard to prove
1: or disprove. Well, it's just—it's just so amazing how calm she was. I mean, I—I right. I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I would be sitting there uh, in my slippers, just kind of like, hey, look at what I'm filming, you know. But hey, everyone has their own.
0: Well, you I know, guess, sometimes way of your, it your brain kind of shuts down. Greg, you've been in law enforcement and seen some horrific things, right? Your brain kind of shuts down, and tries to process what is this experience I'm really having? Is this? Is this real, right? I've talked to police officers who have said that time almost slows for them in some instances.
2: Sure, Um, and in in this particular case, you know, you'd have to look at the TV also because a lot of those TVs, depending on what kind it is, how old it is, um, some of the older ones actually had multiple screens or Mm -hmm. multiple sheets of uh, clear plastic or, or lenses in front of them. So maybe because of the light or whatever, it can cast a a double um, reflection like that because of uh the multiple layers the new uh, leds
3: obviously wouldn't do that but the older tvs can do that The first time i saw that video i was wondering if it was a burn-in in the screen itself i don't know if new tvs do that as much but
0: the older tvs did that right you can yeah. get it burned in from something that stayed on your screen for too long so what do you think she just but it's sitting perfectly on her couch
3: I don't know if the burn-in is in the screen. She just positioned herself so that it looked like it was there.
0: I gotcha, But why was she just sitting there with wet hair for like 42 hours staring at the screen one day and it <laughs> burned it in? oh geez that's absolutely freaky to me Um, All right, so we've got we've got Japanese killing stones that have cracked open releasing evil demons we've got uh, Japanese mermaids that now are the perfect vessel for this demon to take over we've seen a a ghost appearance on TV strange stuff popping up all around the world Uh, Martin it is uh, going to be your turn we have to take a quick break when we come back we will have more right here with the paranormal 60 news (laughs) Welcome back. This is the Paranormal 60 News. I am your lead anchor, Dave Schrader. Along with me, we have Marty Vias. We have Greg Lawson and Eric Folsom. We are reporting on the strange and bizarre stories from all around the world. And I've gathered friends from different walks of life um, here to kind of chat and give us insights. Obviously, we've got uh, Marty, who has an an extensive background in uh, the military. And what was it? uh, IT? Is that what you were doing, Marty? Medical?
1: Uh, medical, uh, and then uh, later on transferred into history more than very after cool after a while.
0: Yeah, Greg Lawson has served in just about every uh part of the American military known to man, and a couple I think he made up. Uh, he's also been in law enforcement and has done all types of different jobs, um, as a detective. And, and you're also a dive, uh, what, what's, the right what's the right title, for, title that? for that? So, uh, um,
2: uh, Forensic uh, aquatic death investigator. Um, so I I uh, was uh, supervised and on a dive team for many years that does
0: uh, um, evidence collection and, and body recovery. So, Amazing histories, amazing work. And then, of course, there's Eric, who's a telemarketer. Let's get back to the news. show. <laughs> I kid, I kid, Uh, but we're gonna weigh in on these stories. And if you have cool news stories that are happening in your area, send them to me, Dave at Paranormal60.com. Dave at Paranormal60.com. And we will take a look at that and share them. Martin, it is time for you to tell us what's going on with the stories that you're presenting today.
1: Well, hey Dave, Uh, eight mummified children were recently discovered in Peru and they believe it's part of a child sacrifice. Uh, they were part. They were found actually as part of the Cajamarquial uh, mummy uh, that was discovered in Peru again, uh, believed to be about 1,000 to 1,200 years old. Uh, the mummy, uh, whose name is actually Chabalo, uh is uh, had 12 individuals, likely to be his children, his wives, and his servants that were actually, um, as part of his, his, uh, his grave. Uh,
0: one of the, Wait a were a were, were these, were these added as they died, they would just be added to the grave or did they take No, them out? no. What?
1: They, the evidence of some pretty, pretty harsh violence was, uh, found on the bodies, uh, marks on the, on the bones, uh, showing that these, uh, Unfortunately, these children and his wife and his servants were uh, brutally uh, beaten until they they died. And uh, uh, as part of a ritual so that his family and his servants could go to the afterlife with him. And so it was believed that, uh, you know, hey, I need uh, I need my family with me all the time. And uh, so they ended up uh, killing him after he died. Uh, He was a famous uh, politician uh in that in that part of Peru at the time. So it was uh, considered a uh a way of honoring his uh you know his uh, uh the heights that he reached as a politician in that in that area.
0: No <laughs> no. crazy. Wow. Could, you, that? could you imagine the job interview to be the manservant? So yes. Yeah. I'm gonna have you worked for me? you are going to help out with the family. And then upon my death, we're going to execute you so that you can yeah. continue to work for me in the afterlife.
1: Yeah. Sounds um,
0: good. Are there any benefits? Yeah. How about
1: health? How How health, health?
0: So,
2: so the, 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 funny thing about stuff like this is, is we are, um, are, are trying to figure out why in the world, uh, he would have his family and servants and all that stuff with him and, uh, you know, coming from a criminal side, looking at an I- incident like that seems to me it would have been really convenient for whoever took over his job. He executed anybody that supported him or was close to him uh, and then buried them maybe in a ritualistic way. Uh, I just can't imagine doing it out of love and respect.
1: I don't well, know. Yeah. And uh, the way the actual archaeologists who uh, found this uh present it is that it was almost an honor for the family and the servants and oh by the way uh, his um, a, a poor his poor dog as well as a, uh, a type of a uh, let see a dog and a guinea pig were part of uh, of the grouping that was uh, killed after he died so hate to, uh, you know hate to be part of his family um <laughs> You one know, of the, the
2: world, are they of, thinking? you yeah. know, it's one thing you, you, uh, you kill them in a respectful way, like, uh, something quick, right. Right. You, right. You kill somebody. So not beaten to death. You oh,
1: know, yeah. That, that seems
2: a little, uh, excessive. Uh, yeah, they
1: found, uh, the, you know, you know better than me being a, a law enforcement is that they found cuts, uh, in the bone. Um, they found certain types of, uh, uh, you know, just violence overall. Yeah. Uh, let's
0: let's reexamine what Greg just said. It's the violent nature of what took them out. That you're okay with every other aspect of this, Greg, but the violent nature in which you know, they were know, just okay. If don't, you're smothered don't. with a my pillow, it's okay because it was yeah. soft and comforting. Yeah. Don't judge yeah. my
2: beliefs, man. Don't don't yeah. judge my beliefs. I I uh, um, you know
0: there's yeah I'm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. good good comeback. I, Greg, I, I don't know how else to uh, go beyond that. Well, but I don't know it, how it looked... to
2: get out of saying that uh, murder's okay.
0: I don't know how <laughs> well, to do that. It shows how, how different parts of the world deal with death and deal with certain rituals. As a matter of fact, uh, Eric and I got a chance to visit a very renowned holy place where you can see one of the most fascinating and I think truly bizarre rituals either one of us have ever encountered, and we actually have footage of it. Uh, good comedy this is the famous Abbey Road Crossing that's why everybody that walks across feels the need to swing their arms in a pendulum like fashion don't believe me? here we go again everybody's doing the uh, Tom Hanks from Big Walk
3: it's a piano
1: You know what's uh, interesting about that? They walk like in a trance-like state that kind of just, you don't understand what's going on. Uh, Man, it's a cult.
0: It's a cult. It is a cult, but it's very unnatural, like Bigfoot stance, the way they're swinging their arms and legs. Honestly, Eric and I stood there. That was like after 15 minutes of watching, and it was just nonstop either side. So I just videotaped that clip. Now, I will tell you, folks that Eric and I also did it at one point Same exact stupid walk because you're there. You have to do it when, when in Rome or in this case, England or Turkey, you
1: have to ask yourself when the Beatles did that, were they in the same type of, uh, having trouble matching the arms and the legs at the same time, you know, but
0: I bet they were as high as Eric and I that's Yeah. 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 All right. What's our next story, Colonel? We need to know where we're going next.
1: Well, uh, we're talking, kind of going along the same lines as that. Uh, You know, there's magic, we've heard of magic wands, we've heard of magic markers, we've heard of magic Johnson, but have you ever heard of a magic bowl?
0: (laughs) A magic bowl?
1: No, in Jerusalem, the Israeli Antiquities Authority uh, seized hundreds of ancient artifacts, including... Magic bowls that were originally.
0: Found Wait a minute. In the I, I, I feel that I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that they <laughs> called antiquities antiquities. Anti- ant- 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 antiquities.
1: antiquities. Antiquities. It's uh, it's yeah, my tw- mic. It's a bad mic on this computer.
3: <laughs> <I'll> be, <laughs> I'm also interested in sure. learning more about the Magic Johnson he referred to. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a yeah, video uh, out there. You'll find it. Yeah. Go. Google Magic Johnson, it'll pop up, but let's get back to the Magic Bowls. (laughs) Magic Bowls.
1: Magic Bowls. And so, you know, these Magic Bowls are about 150-year-old, and they were originally found in Iraq, uh, and they have actually spells written on them. These spells were primarily uh, used by the Jewish and non-Jewish people used to place magic. They placed these Magic Bowls around their houses, uh, for example, under the floor, out in the backyard. And uh, these uh, magic bowls were meant to protect against curses, demons, diseases, and pests. So, you know, um
0: they, That's cool. I mean, yeah. that's an interesting- It's sad that uh, that these antiques have been stolen and taken away for years. It's good that they're finally reclaiming these. Right. Um, but th- it's interesting, right, that they would take that- that time, that was one of my favorite X-Files episodes where they talked about this guy engraving um, a bowl at the time of like the crucifixion of Jesus or something. And like a record needle, it was supposedly etching in the moments that this took place. And it's, it's interesting that they took it that far, but again, taking a look at the bowls, Marty, Mm -hmm. I was curious to what these, what it could mean. What, what are those different incantations? Is it anything we could use today? So Obviously, I'm, I don't mean to flex. I've got guys surrounding me here who are very smart and tweak witties and uh, know things and and are, are connected. So I actually got a code breaker, a very well-known code breaker to look at the bowls and decipher it for us. I was getting closer now.
1: The tension was terrible. What was it? The fate of the planet may hang in the balance. No, it is has got to almost there. My fingers flew. My mind was a steel trap. Every pore vibrated. It was almost clear. Yes, 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 yes.
3: Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Ovaltine? A crummy commercial? Son of a bitch.
1: Son of a bitch indeed. Well, I don't know how you do it, Dave. I look forever for a a video um, on that particular find, and managed to to do a good job on that.
0: You uh, you don't make it to lead anchor status on a show unless
1: you have connections. Apparently partners. so. Yeah, I mean, it, you make it look so easy, but yeah, it's really hard. Um, the, the 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 one thing about these magic bowls is mm-hmm. that they contain some of the earliest written proof of the Jewish text. So so from a historical. Standpoint. It's it's great that they've found these bulls because you know they were they were being uh, sold illegally in between various the international markets and uh, now that they are coming back to uh, where they need to be, um, they're able to get some more information out of them from a historical standpoint. So,
0: Greg, it's, it's good thing. Uh, I'm curious, Greg, as uh, as a detective, have you? got enough now to oh, raid the Folsom enough. compound to find more of these magic bowls and antiquities.
2: <laughs> I am pretty sure there are quite a few uh, bowls and antiquities, uh, at the Folsom compound and, uh, uh,
0: full bowls too. Full. Yeah. I, I just All want right. to be very
3: clear yeah. <laughs> bowls and antiquities. I buy from Hobby Lobby.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you do. All right. We have the paranormal detective oh. up next. Where are we going with our first uh, news story here? I say we go to Canada
2: because uh, they're so friendly and uh, and welcoming. Yeah, and, and they have uh, great yeah. beer and bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, last time I, I went up to Canada, they uh, all hated on me because George Bush was our governor. Um, so I'm hoping that next time I go up there that uh, they're a little bit more Canadian friendly.
0: Um, I don't know. <laughs> all right. So but, what's our first story from <laughs> so, Canada? <laughs>
2: Our first story from Canada is going to be some uh, some interesting stuff coming from the UFO community, and I say the community because uh, up in Canada uh, in the last twenty years or so, there's been over five hundred UFO sightings that would be considered fairly credible uh, as far as the individuals that are that are reporting them and how they were investigated. So you know during the during the Cold War, uh, it, there were a ton of UFO, uh, reports and stuff in the, in, in, Alaska and Canada. And, and a lot of people, you know, they, you, you look at a map and it looks like Russia is very far away. It's not, it's very close because the, the sphere of the earth wraps around there. So there's a whole lot of aerial phenomena phenomenon, uh, going on up there. And, uh, that was the interesting thing about uh, what was recently reported. And I say recently, uh, 2018 up until 2021 there's there's been quite a few different uh sightings one of them uh in yarmouth nova scotia a lady um, could see an orange globe or some sort of orange ball floating over there and that was corroborated with a uh a fisherman that was in the bay of fundy so you have to look at a map and see where these two things would come from also some uh some radar hits that were, uh, w- would, uh, you know, then support those um, those sightings. And that's one of the things that, uh, me coming from a, a Navy background an operations specialist background doing air detection and tracking, you look for corroborative evidence. You're looking for not only somebody seeing it, uh, but some electronic uh, uh, ways of tracking it also, maybe radar, maybe satellite. So as you get more and more things looking at it, it kind of builds more and more credibility on these sites.
0: And so yeah, those are interesting. There's been like 290 of these and they just, re- they released a report, I believe. And we're going to put a link up for that report in today's program guide, but they've actually uh, released, so you can look at all of those reports did you have a chance to thumb through those, Greg, anything that stood out to you? Or is it mostly just we can't tell what it is? Well, yeah. And, and most of these uh, bottom line, they can't tell what
2: it is. Uh, but when you're when you're looking at these types of um, whatever's going on up there uh, for a guy like me, I'm, I'm looking for its behavior. You know its flight pattern. Um, if I have a radar, then I can determine what its altitude is, what its speed is, whether it's traveling in, in an air corridor uh, like a, a, a commercial jet would do, uh, and what kind of radar it's transmitting, what kind of frequency it's transmitting on its radio, then you can determine what it is. When you don't have all that, uh, that's when it gets very, very interesting, or you have some of that, but it's way outside of what um, conventional aircraft would be able to do. So yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: Now I do want to mention that I just popped this up as a graphic talking about UFOs spotted in the sky in Canada. Uh, it is interesting UFOs spotted in sky and the news below it is, um, North Korea missile test could be imminent. So, (laughs) you know, coincidence, I'm not quite sure. Yeah.
2: I don't know. You know, that's a funny thing about like Canada, Canada doesn't take these things very seriously. Um, You know, one one of the uh, there's there's usually groups like MUFON that uh, are the ones that follow up on this. Uh, Canada doesn't necessarily uh, uh, assign any of their government entities to uh, spend a whole lot of money researching this. They look at it. Was it a danger to uh, national security? If it's not, they
0: don't they don't look it. But didn't they have, I thought the Canadian prime minister or former prime minister, or defense minister was pretty big into UFOs, right? Yeah. The defense minister, I actually
2: did an event with him in, uh, in, I believe it was in Houston and, uh, got to talk to him quite a bit. Uh, and that was one of the things that he really tried to, uh, to get his government people in his government interested in. Uh, but for the most part, um,
0: you know, they're, they're, uh, well, you understand military drinking beer and, uh, and getting free healthcare, I guess. When, when your defense minister comes to you and says, we should probably take a look at this, isn't that his job? Shouldn't he bring yeah. that to the attention? Shouldn't they take that kind of seriously or are they Canadian? They're like, Oh, relax. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of those funny
2: things about politicians. You don't have to be qualified to have that position. You don't have to be, have any qualifications to have that job. So, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to put him as a defense minister or whatever. I don't know what his background is. He could have been a general in the the Canadian Air Force. I don't know. But typically, uh, from
0: uh, experience in the United States, you don't necessarily have to have qualifications to have that position. Let me just go on the record right now for Martin and Eric and myself and say that the opinions just stated do not necessarily reflect those of the three of us so the IRS can continue to look in the direction only of Mr. Greg Lawson. All right, Greg, what's real, real our fast.
3: Dave, if we could, though, look yeah. at the yeah. news source. That that concerns me for a moment. Why? P- pull up that, that little picture again. Do you okay. notice who was reporting on
0: that? Let me, uh, let me see. I believe it said the big hallucination news. <laughs> Mundo News. So you're Mundo. calling them not to not Mundo trust. Hallucination.
3: What, what was the word in the middle there? I think it was hallucination, wasn't
0: it? What is it, Martin? Can you uh, translate that for us from Canadian? That's
3: Canadian for hallucination.
1: Is it really? Mundo.
0: Uh, Mundo.
1: Okay. No. Mundo?
3: Hallucination News. I, I don't know what? if I trust that story.
1: That right. actually stands for hallucination News. Yes.
0: Oh, interesting. Well, no, actually, it
1: doesn't, but I, I wanted to sound like I knew what
0: I was talking about. But. We appreciate that here on the show. Why should our new show be any different than any exactly. other? Why Fact check, smack check. Yeah, yeah, why
2: would Menudo News have anything to do with other than soup? I don't know, but anyway.
0: I, I, I got absolutely nothing. Hey, I do want to make a quick mention before uh, before we move on. To tune in on Monday, we have a brand new episode of the Paranormal 60: Spirit Animals and Scare Shares. My special guests, Lena Swanson, an animal communicator, Dustin Perry from TV's Ghost Hunters, will be on hand as well. He's my uh, my next um, celebrity reviewer of a movie, and you guys are going to like the one that we chose for him. So I hope you'll you'll check that out. All right. You have another story for us regarding UFOs or UAPs. What what's the difference on this? Looking at the the perspective of the government, are they just trying to step away of the woo of UFO now that they're using UAPs? You, you know, we change uh,
2: wording on things all the time. Uh, you know, for political correctness, for uh, flavor of the month. Uh, you know, it 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 it's funny on how that is. So whatever like antiquities
0: the, and, and yeah. antiquities.
2: <laughs> Whatever whatever the uh, justification is, it's just kind of semantics. It's like, all right, I, I know what you're talking about. And, uh, I got you. You know, somebody became in charge of something, and they needed to uh, stamp their approval Flex. on it. We're I got it. you.
3: Or simple yeah. mispronunciation.
2: Yeah. Or
0: or yeah. simple.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. Again, in certain parts <laughs> of the world, it is pronounced differently, too. I just need to let you know that.
0: Which part of the world is antiquities pronounced antiquities? Peru. Peru.
1: Peru. Peru. Yeah.
0: yeah let's and, get,
2: and you know, the, it, it makes complete sense. Uh, they have the, uh yeah. well,
0: they, the,
2: the guinea pig, uh, in Peru, cause they eat guinea pigs in Peru. That's, that's a delicacy. Yeah. So are
3: taking a snack with each other that, they yeah. Yeah. with the spirit uh, animal story on Monday though, I believe.
0: Yeah. Nice, nice let's way hold to that, foreshadow hold that Greg. All right, Greg, let's get to, uh, let's get to our next and final news story.
2: All right. Um, so uh, the early 2021, uh, United airline I'm sorry, American Airlines uh, uh, flight was uh, near New Mexico, and um, they did a very interesting uh, radio transmission to the tower. Dave, you
3: got that?
0: It's up here. We just had something go right over the top of us that I hate to say it, this looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us,
2: yeah, that's what you want your pilot of your American airlines while <laughs> you're you're heading to Phoenix uh, transmit to the uh, to the tower. Now, um that's pretty um, that's pretty special right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you You hear all these stories uh, and you hear things and and, and a lot of times, these uh, pilots, uh, they don't transmit anything. They talk within the the cockpit with each other and they might ask if there's any uh, traffic in the area. Uh, They might uh, um, identify it as unknown traffic. I've seen unknown traffic here, but to actually transmit saying, I think I just saw a long cylindrical object like a cruise missile uh go above us that's not only terrifying uh but it's also very interesting because uh he he said it's long and cylindrical he didn't describe anything like fins uh vertical fins any kind of stabilizers or anything like that and that would go along with a lot of other uh reports that people have of uh, these tubular type objects not just the flying saucer but these long cylindrical tube type things uh, that a lot of uh, um, aircraft pilots see, and and those are the guys we want to go to, right? Those guys right. are trained in that; they have great uh, vision, uh, and they're up there. So
0: I was just on a flight to Savannah and talking. Um with, uh, well, I was seated next to a pilot and a woman who would not stop talking. And she was picking this poor pilot's brain and, and she was alluding to trying to get him to admit that he sees, she's like, Oh, being a pilot, have you ever seen strange things, weird things? And he's just not, well, I mean, I see a lot of weird things at the airport. And finally, after like five minutes of her probing, I turned to him and I go UFOs ufos she just wants to know if there's ufos captain and he started laughing and then told the story how he hadn't seen a ufo but one day when they were flying out of the co-pilot's window a huge flash of light and he turned but his co-pilot was looking down didn't notice it and a meteor had just whizzed past the front of their plane wow that's something that's terrifying right yeah you're flying and a meteor comes zipping right in front of you unbelievable yeah.
2: Yeah, that's uh, and, and the, the funny thing about it is, is pilots uh, up until recently, pilots were very, very, very uh, careful about whatever they said. Uh, and if they said they actually saw a UFO, I saw a flying saucer. Well, they would find themselves in the, uh, you know, um, psychologist's office going through a battery of tests and uh, checking their blood and, and you know, uh, for are they drinking? Are they on some sort of drugs and all that stuff? So they would get a lot of, um, uh, backlash on, on that, because obviously you want your pilots to be very, uh, pragmatic, very, um, uh, very focused on what they're doing and not right. prone to some sort of weird, uh, stuff going on. When I was, uh, when I was in, uh, Seattle, we were doing some parachute jumps, uh, near Seattle and it was, uh, uh right outside of Seattle in a place called Snohomish. And we were doing a night jump, and we thought it might be a good idea to attach a really big sparkler onto the strut of this aircraft uh, so that we could spot it because we would have to guide that aircraft from the ground. So when we did that, and they uh, electronically lit off that sparkler at at twelve thousand feet in the dark, Um, the 911 calls flooded into the uh, the police department (laughs) and there was a plane going down. They couldn't see what it was, but it was uh, obviously, um, you know, a lot of sparks. So, you know, even when we're not trying to uh, uh, create a a UFO uh, incident, you know, just doing stupid stuff, you can, uh, um, people can interpret it incorrectly. So
3: was that when you were uh, to come full circle training the, um, the spiders,
1: Greg?
2: I was, I was I was preparing for
0: the the spiders.
1: Yeah. Preparing for the spiders in yeah.
0: Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Because you know, they're Phoenix is way ahead of everybody. Yeah. I do want to make another quick mention. I was just reading an article. Believe it or not, there are GMO modified mosquitoes that are going to be released. They did this test a few years ago um, where they're making them all male mosquitoes that have this like death bomb within them, kind of deal this genetic death bomb. So they're sending them out so that the mosquitoes are out there. The females are the ones that, that drink, you you know, dry. The males do not. And they're hoping that by mating with the females, they're going to make a bigger population of these uh, more expendable mosquitoes. I don't know that I trust anybody to send us, you know, from one country to another, and it's like 20 billion genetically modified mosquitoes. I don't know this was terrifying to me reading that news story. One million people a year die from mosquito bites in the United States.:
2: There were so many metaphors in that story that she just told. I just told it, yeah, the, only the males have this uh, death bomb inside them. yeah, like, yeah that's, that's true. Uh, and you know
1: anyway, but that right. description really brought it to, to, to light. Brought it, so, it makes it pop yeah, and come, yeah, so. come
0: theater of the mind for all of our listeners they could see it as we discuss it exactly. and that's it for our very first broadcast of the paranormal 60 minutes our news review for the week i'm your lead anchor dave schrader i want to thank greg lawson marty vias and eric folsom we will be back again next week whether you want us to or not with more of the news no one else will report to you this is the paranormal 60